Assalamu alaikum. Welcome everyone to the Safina Society podcast with me, Mu'in, and my teacher, Dr. Shadi Al-Masri this week. So once again, I'd like to invite everyone to come and listen to our conversation, have a chat with us. Uh, grab yourself a cup of tea, maybe some chai, some coffee, whatever you'd like, maybe, maybe a few snacks. Sit back and relax uh, as, as you listen to our conversation. So I have with me here Dr. Shadi. How are you doing today, Dr. Shadi? Wa alaikum salam. How's everything? I'm doing well. Alhamdulillah. All right, let's do it. So, you know, there's a number of things I want to talk about. One thing I really have been interested in this week in particular is my use of technology and my smartphone. So recently I actually downloaded a software. It checks how long you've been on your smartphone and what your screen time has been. So I think it's called Mellow or something like that. I forget the name of the software. I tried to get one of those one time, but it, it never worked for me for some reason. Yeah, so, well, while tracking my time, so just yesterday I tracked it. I started tracking it at 2 p.m., and I went to an event for four hours in the evening, which I didn't use my phone. Even after that, I was on my phone for approximately two hours. It's insane. So It's insane. So The, now, whole, the whole world has gone nuts on this subject. You walk around, everyone is on their phone. I mean, I don't know why it's gotten this way. So, and and I think it affects my spirituality. But I'd like to ask you. Let, let me tell you. Firstly, it's affecting regular people who are not on any type of spiritual path, or or you're thinking about these things. People who are on a spiritual path, and I'm just saying a general path. I'm not saying like some kind of path of enlightenment. Just general ibadah, right? Just general being able to focus in prayer. Uh, just general trying to keep away from various addictions and lower the gaze and whatnot. Okay, uh, for these people, right? This is a this is one of the biggest calamities that we've ever had. It's like it's a disaster, right? It's a disaster. And for me, I remember the time uh, where we didn't have these phones. I remember what life was like. And unfortunately, the future generation they don't remember what life was like. They don't know what life is like, right? Before uh, cell phones. And I'm telling you, when I, I went to Australia uh, last year, I had a great uh, host there in Australia. And uh, one of the, they only made one mistake, which is they put me in this five-star hotel. I really didn't like it, right? Okay. Uh, they had a little masjid next to the house, a little house next to the masjid. So we did the Jum'ah. We're about to go... For the evening program, it was about four hours later. He said, look, instead of going in downtown, let me just, just take, take your rest in this little house we have next to the masjid. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, it doesn't have Wi-Fi, there's no computer there. So I get there, and I have, you know, a quarter of a day to wait before my talk. So I'm telling you, in this quarter of a day, I made a decision. This quarter of a day, just six hours, I'm sitting there in a very small, humble little house with no computer, and no people either, and no uh, Wi-Fi connection at all, and no ability to text, nothing. So after years of having a smartphone, I'm now hit with six hours in this little house. And I'm telling you, I had such peace of mind, I told myself, I'm never trading this away again. Yes, yes. All right? I'm never trading this away. And then that was it. After that, I just got rid of the thing. Right? I, I remember a few years ago, and I think you've talked about this before, where... You know, Sheikh Hamza had this thing where he, you know, he talked about not having a TV, and I know lots of people actually stopped watching TV because of this. Um, yeah. And I've always thought about this, and I, I feel like you know, TV was TV is nothing now. 
TV was basically the minor leagues. It was Little League. It was Little League baseball in comparison to what the smartphone has done to people. TV is basically wiffle ball in comparison to Major League Baseball. The cell phone today is Major League Baseball. Uh, there were so many limitations on the TV. So that's not even... So we need to revive that type of concept of looking at the technology. And, and you're going to have to make decisions. Honestly, you're going to have to make sacrifices. I made a lot of sacrifices when I went off the smartphone. I still have an I, I still use it as an iPod. Um, very restricted iPod. Like I just access my, my email and I use, I think the iPod is actually one of the best inventions, to be honest with you, that you can put lectures, Quran. I benefit so much from the iPod. I wish that people, um, uh, you know, I, I wish I can get that pinwheel thing again. Because <laughs> even with the, cur- with, the situation, with the situation I have now, it's just an, iP- it's just an iPod, right? It's, just, right? it's the phone, but it's functioning as an iPod. All I have is I got my Facebook uh, pages manager and I got my email and that's it. That's all I have. And I got my calendar. I wish I had the, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the pinwheel iPod. And and you know that people have, the, the cell phone has caused people to ruin their lives. And, Absolutely. And Twitter is one of the most insidious things because of how fast it is. Think of this. Who did worse? Anthony Weiner or Bill Clinton? Who did worse? Right. Bill Clinton <laughs> is in the Oval Office, okay, doing his thing. But because it wasn't recorded for an eternity on the internet, Right, he was able to get off with it, and he's Absolutely. still now in the Absolutely. public eye. Right, Anthony Weiner did not do one a thousandth of what he did. He sent pictures. Right, but because it's online, right, it ref- it just it was a disaster. So it goes to tell you that people's uh, the the online right thing, the online thing is actually more is worse than what actually happens in real life. I mean, people care about it more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, see, here, here's my issue and why I've been having a tough time getting rid of it. I feel, you know, the cell phone is meant to be a tool, but I almost use it like a crutch, right? More like a crack. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Like I have, it, for, for me working in technology, it's almost impossible to get rid of my cell phone. If I go to work, I need to check my email. If I'm out of work, I need to stay in contact with some people. At this point, you know. Well, you could do what the what Jews have, right? Orthodox Jews or Hasidic Jews, they got kosher iPhones. So what is this? It's very simple. The iPhone, its lock system is impenetrable. We know that, right? Right. We know. Even the government is, doesn't it, like right, it, right? right? Because when they have collect evidence. So basically all it is, is your, the religious guys... In the uh, selling the iPhones in the Hasidic Jewish community, they'll just restrict the iPhone and put their own password in, and you, the customer, will never know what the password is, and you will never be able to undo these restrictions. And they restrict apps; you can't download apps, right? Or they'll ask you, you need for your your work a certain app, right? Right. They'll put it in for you, then they'll restrict everything else, right? Right. So that you can't add apps. The apps is the thing, right? And the, I think the screen is very, uh, look, very attractive. It's addictive to look at the screen. It's so fast. It works. But that's less. It's all the different apps that are on there. You go from app to app to app to app, and you're sitting comfortably on a couch. You're not even using your hands like a, on a laptop, right? You're going to whatever you want. You can multitask. So uh, that's what they do. That's what they do. And for me, uh, reading, I went through a period of time when I still had my iPhone at the time, 
but after every fajr right i was sitting up and reading uh, some quran and some and then some stories of the awliya right. and reading the stories of abu yazayal al-nur and others of the salihin and awliya of the past and how much at peace their lives were because of how few influences they were able to control their influences they didn't have so many influences around them ultimately you're going to end up making a decision and you got to think of like what apps do you need and then just have someone restrict the rest of the phone and because i'm telling you we have, we're like children with this stuff adults cannot be trusted with iphones so i've, I've tried to do this so the other like, i think i've downloaded and installed facebook about like a hundred Yeah, you times. can't do it. You need someone to come in and restrict your phone for you like a baby, like a child. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm the most disciplined person, regimented person you can find on the earth, right? I, and right. this thing has thrown me off. It's thrown me for a loop. For years, it's thrown me for a loop. It's too attractive, too quick, too easy, right? And it gets you on and you're on for two, three hours, right? Doing stuff. Even you're telling yourself you're benefiting, but you're just wasting your sleep. You're wasting your time. So you need actually, you need almost like uh, someone to help you, uh, you know, control the thing. So then, uh, other than control, you know, I'm, I'm sure this, this affects not just, you know, one part of our lives, you know, I'm, I'm sure it affects children as well. So uh, to give you an example, I had uh, a family friend of ours, They're, they had just had a baby and you know, when the baby was young, they started taking pictures of the baby, started doing all these things. Now, now the, you know, the kid is about two, three years old and, you know, he knows when a picture is being taken of him. He knows when somebody's coming up to him with the phone. He knows how to turn it on. He knows how to turn it off. I mean, it's, it's almost attention seeking, you know, mm -hmm. and do you think like this has penetrated, you know, other segments of our lives and, and how has it affected our spirituality? I have a friend of mine who's a psychologist, uh, sorry, a psychiatrist. He's a psychiatrist. So he's an MD. He told me directly, right? He told me directly, tell the parents, giving it, giving a child a screen when he's under the age of 12, right? Should be a crime, right? Because you're basically, it's a drug and a poison. This is, his word was, it's a poison to their brains, right? It will poison their brain. They will never develop, forget to their potential. They won't develop properly. They won't develop properly. So that's actually a rule of thumb. Then he said, for every year that after that, something like, uh, I think he said something like half an hour, right? And of course, that's just their estimate, whatever it is. So for example, a screen or a tablet. He said TV is actually less of a problem. TV is less. It's the little screens. And even the TV is something else. But he said half an hour for every age. So 13, half an hour. 14, half an hour. Uh, one hour. Maximum a day. Right, so that's what he said. It's a poison to their brains, and I always say, I've no, I'll never stop saying, the parents who are just lazy parents, who are just putting their kid in front of a phone, okay, because they're lazy, or they can't stand the noise that the kid is making, all right. You're doing a crime, all right, and you're gonna pay a price right? because the kid's not gonna come out right, and you're not gonna be able to handle it because he's growing up in a way that you didn't grow up. So you're not gonna relate when he's 19. You will not relate to him. Okay, because he grew up in a way that you didn't grow up, right? So uh, I try to keep it really uh, simple. You know, you don't want to deprive them so much from TV and movies that they become to lust for it in an unhealthy way. But they, if they're having, an, uh, a, let's say, a certain one day a week where they're going to watch the stuff that you have approved, right? 
on TV, not on a screen. And I don't, I'm also trying to understand the schools. Like, what is their logic in making everything computerized? Everything is on the computer now. I get it, like, homework is on, the web, and is on a website. I get that. But why does a kid need to memorize Quran on a computer? Right, right. absolutely. There's no need for that. Right? Why does he need to read a story on the computer? Right? I get, yeah, that it's easier to, than printing a book. Certain things I can get. But uh, honestly, the problem with the computer is it's, it's more of a distraction than it is a benefit when it comes to really trying to read. Whenever I want to read an article, I print it out. Because I can't. I can't sit there on a computer, read. I'm going to immediately say, hey, I need to check that out, right? Yeah, I'm going to go to another website, another website. I need to post this. I need to do that. I actually print it out, right? And they're going to tell me, oh, the trees. Listen, <laughs> come on, right? <laughs> My mind's are... Yeah, I mean, what? a couple pages is not going to kill anyone, okay? So, and anyway, the, the, the vast... It's, the, it's industries that have been destroying the rainforest, not an individual printing an article in his house. It's industries that print out 5,000 pages a day in paperwork and receipts. That's where the problem was, not in a regular guy who uses a ream of paper once a month. Right. right? So I, I, I have no hesitation in printing out articles and then reading it, holding a pencil and reading. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, just to... You know, this, is, this is something that, that, especially working in technology, it... It bothers me a lot, you know, that, that we're on these things so much and it's affecting our ummah at a spiritual level to the point that I feel like, you know, I'm praying and I can't concentrate. I'm, I'm doing, like, reading Quran and I, I, you know, I get bored after a page or two. You know, it's, it's and, and I feel like it's, it's a lot of the attention span is just gone because of reading. It's gone. You know. And, it's gone. So is there something, you know, that you would recommend from the spiritual sciences that we can do to kind of, along with wean ourselves off of technology, how do you... I wouldn't say it's anything necessarily from spirituality itself. I would say it's it's basic discipline, right? Like fasting from it, having fasts. If someone has to have this stuff, leave it in the office for, for a night. Leave it at office every night. I'm telling you, I, I was receiving very important text messages from people about Iman-related questions, other related questions. And I said to myself, uh, I said to myself, I just have to make a decision. I'm not on call, right? I'm not on call. I don't get paid enough to be on call for anyone who wants to text me and get an answer. Absolutely. absolutely. So as much as beneficial as that is, right, I just can't do it, right? If I was getting paid enough, I would have an assistant take care of the phone. And I would answer every text message, right? And I would, I would, I would, I would have a, a lot of other things taken care of for me, but I don't. So I had to make a decision. And I, I'm telling you, if I was, let's say, we're doing this, 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 this podcast right now, if I left my phone for this 20, 30 minute podcast, I'm gonna go back. I'm not even kidding you. There will be 15 to 20 text messages, right, from people. And now, with the smartphones, people are writing essays, <laughs> and the response is in an equal essay. So the amount of time, I just said, forget it. Look, you got to make a decision. It's, it's radical. You have to be radical. You got to probably be reckless uh, or what's, whatever the word is. You got to be uh, completely um, focused. You got to just make the decision and pull the cord. And that's what it And nothing happened. People still uh, contact me on Facebook, right? Uh, absolutely nothing happened. And uh, it works. It's working out. And I'm finding so much more. I will n- never, I'm telling you, never go back to that way of living again, which I lived for about five years since the time of the iPhone. Or maybe it was more than that, right? Yeah, I mean, 
for me, the other day, it's, 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 it was funny for me. The other day, it was lunch, and uh, I was at the office, and I decided, you know what? My eyes were hurting, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to be on my computer. So I left my phone in my bag, and I just went out for an hour, hour and a half, and I went to the park without a phone. And I was like, you know, it was a crazy experience for me because I haven't done this in the last five years. And I was like, you know what? If something happened to me right now, and I died, nobody would know it. Yeah. what's going on. But, you know, it was almost liberating mm-hmm. to be just away from people and the idea of people knowing what was going on. And, and it's honestly, a, it's all a myth, I'm telling you. It's all a myth, the emergency thing, right? The emergency. I mean, people today, if you go out for groceries and you need to take your phone, and, so, and your dad called you, your mom called you, your spouse called you, they think you died, right? It's like, <laughs> what in the world is wrong with you, right? They, they, the cops won't even do something for 24 hours, right? Because right. people go off the grid. And what I did is, guess what? You're all getting used to my new reality, right? <laughs> That's, I'm I off mean, the grid. I'm I off I the need, grid. Maybe I need to start doing something. You need like to have well. guts. You need to, you need, and it needs to be a gutsy call. And I said, look, you all, I tell people, why don't you get off? Put it, put it down. They said, no, no, my mom might call me. She got, might get more worried, right? Dude, they'll adjust. Human beings will adjust, right? So uh, they all get, yeah, I got to get used to it for your benefit. And your benefit is their benefit. I'm telling you, this thing has, is ruinous to marriages. I knew a guy, uh, everything was fine in his life. As soon as he got a smartphone, he was so uh, trapped into it. His, his wife complained she can't even have a conversation with the guy anymore. SubhanAllah. Right? This is... His sheikh, when gave him advice, he said, sheikh, give me advice. He said, get rid of that thing when you're at the table with your wife. And when you're in your bedroom with your wife, and on your bed, you're checking text messages, what is wrong with you, right? Absolutely. Something's a problem. And it's a big addiction. So this is a, this is a huge deal. It's an uphill battle. Absolutely. I mean, um, it's something that, that I face, you know, day in and day out. And it's something I've been thinking about this week. And after I got that app to track my time, I was like, you know, this, this has to go. Abdul Qadr al-Jailani, a man came to him and said, I want to draw near to Allah. He said, it's impossible for you. SubhanAllah. He said, why? He said, you don't have time. You have no room in your heart for Allah, Azawajal. You just, you have so much dunya. And when you look at why we're not advancing spiritually, there's no time, right? We got no time for Allah, Azawajal. We give Allah no time. And in order to do something great, you have to say no to a lot of other good things that you can possibly do. You got to say no to a lot of things that you could possibly do. You got to strip away like, La ilaha is negation before affirmation. No God except Allah. You have to clear the slate and even... Yeah, the Bauhaus School of Art is all about clearing the slate, right? Right. And then being very selective about what you put in, right? So we got to radically remove stuff from life. And I really don't know how far people have the discipline to do this, but you got to try it, right? I'm still trying with myself, right? I got my little iPod or my phone that acts like an iPod, and I still control it, right? Because it could be insidious. It could sneak in there, right? Uh, But... You got to radically remove stuff and you got to make choices because you're going to feel like, oh, I'm disconnected, right? You might be disconnected to what? Creation. You're trying to connect to the creator, right? Absolutely. And I'm telling you, a lot of depression happens even to good people. They become like, oh my gosh, they think like I'm irrelevant in the world. Let me tell you something. You posting about your kittens and your, your <laughs> rants about who, what happened to you by a Trump supporter in the parking lot does not render you relevant at all. Absolutely. It's the absence of people's iman is getting so weak. They need constant confirmation of their emotions from other people. This is right. a huge problem. 
constantly they need confirmation of other people, right? Uh, for everything, right? They need support. I'm going for, or for I'm going for, you know, uh, pick up my mom from JFK. Okay, what do you want me to do? You need a therapist for this? Why are you telling me this stuff, right? So this is a constant confirmation uh, of emotions. I think it's because no connection to Allah Azza wa It's Allah. getting very weak. SubhanAllah. I mean, and, and, and another thing, right, it's not exactly related, but somewhat related, that I've been thinking about this week, actually, as a matter of fact, is, you know, whenever I'm on social media, whenever I'm on something, I see, you know, people, I talk to people a lot, and they're like, okay, you know, you're, you guys are involved in the masjid, you do these things. They're like, how, how do you have time for these things? It's like, other than the fact that we waste a lot of time on, on our phones, I see people are, every other day I go on my Facebook and I see some guys in Hawaii, some guys in the Bahamas, some guys like, you know, watching the cherry blossoms. It's like an every week yeah. type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, subhanAllah, back in the day, right, there was this concept of going to the masjid for every salah. Mm -hmm. If you weren't at the masjid for Fajr, you were a munafiq. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, if people brought this concept back, people wouldn't be traveling all over the world because they wouldn't have time because you'd be worrying, where am I going to be praying my law? The thing is, that, <laughs> the thing is about people, what they share online is uh, you got to believe, you got to believe in concept of hasid, right? This is different from the point you're making, but you got to believe in the concept of hasid. Why are you posting how much you love your wife and you get along for 10 years? You do not believe in the concept of hasid. We believe in the concept of hasid, which means I'm not going to go and say, oh, my life is miserable because I'm afraid of hasid. I'm not going to go and be obsessive compulsive. I don't get why people are sharing their intimacy on, on, on Facebook. It really just makes me go crazy when I see these things. Right? It's uh, I'm wondering why are people doing this? And especially your babies. you got beautiful babies. You put it up for strangers to look at and say and, and wonder how, how much of a great life you have. By the way, there's a, I read a great uh, thing on the uh, New York Times or something about how all this stuff creates depression, right? Because you put out the image. Everyone is putting out the image of a perfect life. You yourself know that you don't have the perfect life, but you start to now believe everyone is having fun 24 hours a day. Exactly, absolutely. Everyone's having a blast, and it's affecting girls more than anyone else. Because girls post about their social life, right? Guys just uh, just post about their opinions, right? <laughs> they care much less about people's social lives, right? Uh, you know, a guy doesn't care about social lives. He cares about your opinion, what you right. think, right? Girls, they're always constantly <laughs> comparing social lives, right? And it brings them depression, right? So this type of thing. So what people are posting. And it's funny that you say about the prayer. The prayer is the forgotten message. Right? It is will change everyone's lives if you take the Salah seriously. Right, Taking the Salah seriously with its sunan and reciting long surahs. So for example, from for Fajr and for Dhuhr, people don't know. You, got, you should be reciting from Hujurat, any of the surahs from Hujurat down to Abasa. This is called Tuwal al-Mufassal. And then for Asr and Maghrib, Qisar al-Suhr, which is from Duha to Nas. And then for Isha in the middle, between Abasa and Duha. I'm telling you, if you practice this sunnah, your salah will actually be a therapy because you're reciting long Quran in there, right? Yes. Right. And I'm telling you what people's salah has become across the whole ummah. <laughs> right? The whole ummah is reciting 
for the tiny surahs and wondering why the prayer is not benefiting me because this is, I believe, I view it myself when I was on, and by the way, I'm saying these things about people. I'm the first one who's guilty of all these crimes, right? right? Yeah, and that's, how, and that's myself, how I know. Right, yeah. That's how I know. So I'm the first person who's guilty. Not like you think, oh, this guy really figured it out. No, he didn't figure nothing out. We're, we're all striving here, right? So, uh, uh, we're striving and trying to support each other. But when I was doing these small surahs, I would feel so guilty. I feel like you're giving Allah the least. Absolutely. It's as if you are looking for the shortest surah to just fling it up into heaven and get over with. And honestly, I did not find fa'idah or benefit in my salah, to be quite honest with you. I didn't find nourishment in my salah. I didn't feel my life was changing because of my salah. But when I'm reciting now, al-inshiqaq, al-bayina, slightly longer surahs, right? Let alone as-saf, let alone al-waqi'ah, in one raka'ah, right, in right. one raka'ah, right? I'm telling you, from the beginning of the prayer to the end of the prayer, my state has changed. SubhanAllah. My state has changed, right? The rust on the heart is gone. They say, oh, how can I do it? You got to work on it. You got to work on it. And it's not very difficult to memorize up to surahs al-Hujurat. It's really not. These are short surahs, right? Relative to the rest of the Quran. So I'm telling you, people, we have to revive the prayer because once you start praying correctly and you care about the prayer, so many other things will have to go. Your immodest language will have to go, right? right? How could you be someone who prays and curses, right? Your immodest clothes we're gonna have to go because you're not you're not wearing that when you pray, but you're wearing that outside the prayer. So are you a schizophrenic now, right? Five times a day you dress up and then you take it off, right? So your your clothes change. Once your clothes change, slowly your own self perception changes, right? And the people around you will not be attracted to you, okay? The people who you know you attract when you dress a certain way are not going to be the people you attract when you dress a different way. A different way right. Your suhbah will change. Now you're praying. you got to pray in the masjid, right? It's better in the masjid. So now you're starting to go to the masjid more, right? I'm telling you, the salah, if we just focus on the prayer, we will change, but it's going to take time. And the older you get, the slower the change. So if you're older, you might, if you focus on something, it might take you two years to know to start really changing. Right. Or, or, or may, but you'll notice immediately, you'll start to notice change is happening. Right, change is happening, but it's just very slow over time, you know. So I think the prayer is uh, the polar opposite to being on the phone, right? And I want to share this book actually. Uh, that all right, a good friend of ours just gave it to us. All right, the cyber effect, which he's going to loan it to me after he finishes reading it. The cyber effect, uh, pioneering cyber psychology. Okay, cyber psychology. Okay, explains how human behavior changes online by Mary Aiken, PhD. Human behavior is becoming, uh, you know, weirder and weirder. If you had a fetish back in the day, like um, what is a weird fetish? Hedge, what is a weird fetish that you know people have? Legs? Huh? Legs? No, no, that's not at all. like a weird fetish. Like it's a weird thing that people do, <clears throat> right? What do you What do you have? What is a weird fetish that people are into? Yeah, like give me something crazy. People who are infantilized, they wear diapers, adults. Okay, adults uh, that dress... Was, he was in love with his car, I heard this as well. Uh, uh, the, the, the guys who dress like babies. <laughs> if you did that in 1985, no one in the world except yourself knew that. And you did it in the privacy of your own home, and you did it in the closet when your wife wasn't looking and your kids weren't looking. Okay. Right. And you kept that stuff in the trunk of your car and you did it in your office secretly when no one was home. 
right? Right. With the internet today, we have given access and outlet to these people. And now, he's going to find a group and they're going to organize a conference in a hotel. And they're going to encourage this behavior with one another. And there's going to, a cottage industry is going to develop of people who are going to sell this stuff to these freaks, right? And the whole country is now, you know, a, a list, a long list of bizarre fetishes which are normalized and encouraged because now they're, they have buying power too. See, an American with a fetish is not like a Romanian with a fetish. A Rom, a, an American with a fetish, he can buy, he can spend money and time on his absurdity. And get it done, right? And get it done. So it encourages the businesses to sell to these guys. So it develops a little industry and they have these little shows and conferences in hotels. And you're going to go in there one day you're going to be driving by a hotel or a conference center and you're going to have 500 of these weirdos lined up, right, for a show right. where they support right. each other, right? And there's going to be a bazaar and all this stuff. So the internet has given an outlet to these weirdos and that's the problem, right? So. I mean, so, I mean, and, and, and this, this can go on and on and on. I mean, it's, this is a topic that, you know, I'm very interested in and how to really move ourselves away from see the problem is when you when you talk about this stuff people start saying oh you know but I don't want to just go live in a mountain it's like you know that's not what we're asking for here it's like oh just because you're telling me to get rid of technology you want me to live in a mountain you will never escape it you will never escape technology uh what's his face uh uh who's the guy with the 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 latest innovator in uh, Silicon Valley what's his name there's a bunch of them. <laughs> uh, the te- Tesla guy. Oh, Elon Musk. Okay. Musk and Zuckerberg, they want to make sure Wi-Fi is worldwide, right? And I think that their goal is worldwide free, right? Worldwide and free. So they could reach Absolutely. Central Africa. Well, they've already tried to do it in places like India. Yeah, they're trying to... They're, you cannot escape this stuff. Right. The maximum you can do is limited, right? So people have this great, crazy imagination. Oh, I don't want to be a caveman. You're not escaping this stuff. Absolutely. Even if you want it to be. Right? You try to do it, you can't. So uh, I think that's... Uh, and then anyway, ultimately, I always go back to you got to ask what you want in life. Simple as that. And you all make decisions. And now, peace of mind is a very pricey and expensive decision. Right? And let alone... I'm telling peace of mind to be a normal human. There was an article in the Atlantic Monthly, I think, or New York Times, uh, that said... You should look it up. It's called I Used to Be a Human, right? I, I've read this. I've read this. Yeah, article. it was really good. It's quite sad, actually. Yeah. I was reading it. I was like, yeah. Oh. And, and you got to make decisions. For, this is forget. You want enlightenment through spirituality and making dhikr and the benefits of dhikr. Forget. Just let's be normal. The war today is not on deen. It's on fitra. It's on the human right, being. Right. The human being himself is a becomes something bizarre. Right. It's just so. thing, things are not normal. I was talking to my father a few weeks ago. And we went to a restaurant, you know, they, it costs money to have water. Yeah. Right. He was like, you know, this would have been shameful. <laughs> to charge people. To charge people to have some water. Yeah. Right. This is, this is the world. Is that, that even legal in. in America? Someone goes up and asks for yeah, water. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you go to places that you, people sell water today, right? Bar, yeah. Water, bottled water. Yeah, no, but in a, if you're in a restaurant and you ask for water from the tap, they have to give it to you. And I figured this out and I used to get water from Dunkin' Donuts all the time. Right. Right. But when they figured it out, they started charging me. I said, hey, you can't do that. She said, no, we're charging you for the cup. Right? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, this is... Yeah, but the so. point is, right, this is, you know, many years ago, this was shameful to do this. And this is how society has turned into, right? It's yeah. just it's just bizarre things that don't even make sense. If you if you took our world and you, and you put it back, I wouldn't even say 
thousand years ago. Dude, if you took it back fifty years, years ago, yeah. they would be like, you know, what is going on? This is this is, an this is a travesty. Yeah. Right? And that's why I think it's so naive people who want to change the world. And and this, 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 just to show you that you'll never be disconnected, and you shouldn't try to be totally disconnected. There's no need for that unless you're about to die and meet your Lord, right? Then you need to prepare for that. Fine. If you're eighty years old, right, and you're checked out, halas completely. But just to prove you, I'm trying to get off these things completely. And I'm pretty much, I'm getting successful at it. I have to say, alhamdulillah, by the fadl of Allah Azza wa Jal, by effort, years of effort, I'm making the sacrifice. But, but you're probably listening to this pad, podcast, right? People probably listen to this podcast on their mobile phone, which we're talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, we're recording this yeah. on, on technology. Right? Yeah, it's so not we're not, we're not uh, anti-technologists, right? We're not one of these, these other extremes, but it's to be controlled. Right. There, there, there's a balance, you know, in, in the past, right? The Muslims, they embraced technology and they did great things with it, right? They didn't run away from it, or at least they did, they didn't, they did it for some time, but once they embraced it, they, they took it on and did something beneficial with it, right? The point is, you know, we don't want it to run our lives. Yeah, I think, honestly, very few people are going to have the courage and the guts to uh, face this battle, right? And I'm telling you, we have a lot to lose we believers have a lot to lose I don't believe that the bulk of the ummah or bulk of people will uh, be able to handle this however you gotta try and you gotta encourage people and you got a small group of people in your local community wherever you live get a couple brothers and that's all you need a couple sisters if you're you know uh, in a community and and fight this battle together have consciousness of it and awareness of it together and you can, you know, make an indent in this invasion that we're in, right? We're, we're in an unprecedented invasion. There's no people in the past that have uh, anything to give us of right. precedent on this, which I hope that in the matter in the right? That with hardship is ease, which means with every challenge that comes, we need more divine mercy. Absolutely. And I'm praying for the youth who are all addicted to these things, right? Uh, uh, I'm praying for them and the adults who get addicted Anthony Weiner um, I watched his documentary the other day right? because the trailer was so funny I have to tell you the trailer for the thing it's such a, it's such a good job the trailer the trailer's probably better than the actual it's really funny uh, I think it's just Paul Weiner right? it's his friends they, they give him inside access he gave him inside access then the second or third who knows which sex sexting scandal broke out while they were making the documentary Right when he was running for for mayor, right, <laughs> the, the scandal broke out in the middle of the documentary. Okay, so they had inside access to the moment of the scandal, and I always thought this guy's a dope, right? But actually, the guy is a seasoned New York politician, twenty five years, and I'm telling you, not only that, the guy was a good politician. Right. He was strong. He was entertaining. He was powerful. He was going to no doubt be the mayor. He could have even probably run for higher offices than that, right? right? I had no doubt he would have crushed his opponents, right? But here is an adult who developed an addiction. It's how powerful this, this thing is. An adult. So I feel that I always make dua for people who, as I was addicted to the iPhone, right, in the past, uh, or to, to, to smartphones uh, and computers, I know how that feels, right? And I'm fighting to get off it. It's my number one priority in life. Right, uh, so I always make dua for these people, and for myself, uh, that Allah Azza wa Jal overlooks because just unprecedented. 
and Allah has mercy, and Allah is full of rahmah. So that's um, uh, you know something that's always on my mind. You Alham- know. Alhamdulillah. So I mean, this is uh, um, great advice. Is there any parting advice that you could give our listeners before before we end for today? The parting advice is: the more you think about your death, the more you think about your death, you're going to. They say life flashes before your eyes. No, I don't think so. Regret flashes before your eyes. Your life doesn't flash before your eyes. Your regrets come and smack you in the face when you're about to die. And we are a people who are nowhere... We are sowing our afterlife every day. Every second, we are sowing our afterlife. Okay? And reaping... And we're going to reap what we sow. We are making... Building our afterlife as we speak. When we die, on our deathbed, what are we going to regret? I would say my number one regret would have been why didn't I shut that thing off? Why didn't I just throw it in the garbage? Why didn't I go get a flip phone? Right? Yeah. Uh, that's if, if uh, my, my advice to people is when you think of your akhirah and contemplate daily before you sleep, imagine that you're dying. You're on your deathbed as an 80 year old man, a six year old uh, woman, or 90 year old woman, whatever. You're on your deathbed. What are you going to regret? And, and the, once you keep doing that, eventually you bridge the gap. The gap is it's a regret of something that I'll never change. Then it becomes a regret that something I want to change. Then it's a regret of something I think I could change. It's a regret that something I'm going to change. And then it's a regret of something that I've changed. And the human willpower is stronger than all these things. I think the ayah of Allah Azza wa Jal, the sign of Allah's power in His creation is that these things exist, but the human willpower which He created and inspires people to have is going to be stronger than all this technology. Alhamdulillah. Thank you everyone for listening to the Safina Society podcast. You can catch us here next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.